Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Young Codgers Podcast. The goal of this podcast, as some of you may know, is to facilitate conversations with men and women who continue to push the envelope in their careers, passions, and convictions. Today, Zach and I will be discussing something that is near and dear to both of our hearts, and that is Masculine Fellowship. Masculine Fellowship is really centered around finding like-hearted men that you can do life with. We thought this would be the perfect follow-up from the previous episode and really drives home what the Young Codgers Podcast is all about helping men discover their true masculine identity in Christ. On this episode, we will discuss why masculine fellowship is so important, who we should be engaging in masculine fellowship with, where this should take place, and what to discuss during this time of fellowship and growth with other men. We set out over a year ago to discover for ourselves what godly masculinity means, and we hope you will join us on this journey too. What's going on, dude? Oh, not a whole lot. How are you, Logan? Doing well. Glad it's the weekend finally. Get some rest and relaxation and recharge up for the following week. So yeah. what have you been up to this week? Oh, just working and trying not to burn up. We finally got a little bit of rain over in Oklahoma. Yeah. But yeah. Looking forward to the rain that's coming here this weekend. Oh, we need it, man. It's getting pretty crunchy. Getting yeah, crunchy. It's a crispy one. <laughs> yeah. That's typical young codger. Uh, conversation right there is weather so yeah there's your weather maybe we'll, yeah maybe we'll do some uh <laughs> some uh live stream severe coverage when the when the weather rolls back around next spring <laughs> that's not a bad plan that'd be funny that'd be funny well yeah thanks guys for uh coming and listening to another episode um just wanted to take a second to thank all you guys for listening to our intro episode that we uh posted couple days ago, um, we've already had some really positive feedback from several people about, um, how much they enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I think much to my surprise, but, um, is a good thing. I actually had several, uh, ladies comment on how they enjoyed it and they thought that it was, uh, not just, two babbling idiots so (laughs) which we are but at least that didn't come across so um but yeah i've had several guys reach out to me that i've known from college or um even um some guys that are you know middle-aged dudes that you wouldn't think would find value in what a couple of mid 20 year old guys had to say that said hey man i'm gonna be following along and listening to the episodes and excited what y'all have to put out there so that's definitely been encouraging so thanks guys for for uh doing that after you know kind of talking about that the one thing that zach and i do want to ask of y'all is um just for feedback what y'all um liked or enjoyed about the previous episode um some feedback on what you think we could do better And, you know, that's really what this whole thing is about is letting our audience lead, um, our discussions and lead this podcast, uh, in the way that they want to see and, and how they want to be, uh, witness to and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, if y'all don't mind, please throw us some feedback and, and let us know whether that's, um, any of you who follow us on our Instagram or, uh, leave a review in the comments or something like that and, and just let us know uh, what y'all thought. So um, another thing I wanted to mention briefly 
is that we've got our email and everything set up uh, for general inquiries. It's going to be info at youngcodgers.com. And then um, if y'all have any questions you want to ask us or things that you want to um, see us talk about or hear us talk about rather, um, you guys can send those questions to askcodgers at youngcodgers.com. And we're going to be monitoring that and checking that. So whatever questions, comments uh, y'all have for us, we'd love to hear them. Um, And like I said in the intro today, we're going to be talking about something that is near and dear to both Zach and I's heart. um, And that's the concept and ideology of masculine fellowship. Um, I know personally, I'm really excited to talk about this because this has been something that has been so huge in my life over the last year and a half, two years, um, and has really transformed my life in the way that um, I go about my marriage and my relationships with other guys and just showing up in um, those different aspects of life. So, um, Zach, uh, if you don't mind, maybe touch on that and and, uh, tell everyone kind of how that's... uh, transformed your life a little bit and, um, you know, kind of give a deep or a brief overview rather of, of, uh, what we're going to be talking about today. So for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Biblical masculinity and masculine fellowship has just really, uh, formed the last few years of all of our lives in our group, I guess. Um, yeah, it's been awesome. We started it together from the beginning. So we kind of grew in that together and it's just been really formative in strengthening me personally and in my marriage and just having guys to bounce ideas off of, pray together with, uh, just let them know things and vent to them some things that maybe I shouldn't vent to my wife, not necessarily like <laughs> negatives about her because we don't want to tear down our wives in front of our friends or anything like that, but just problems that you don't want to take into the house and just harp on all the time. You can take to a group like this and uh, get different perspectives yeah. on the issues and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, and we'll uh, touch on that a little bit more, but I think that's a good, really good point that you brought up about, mm-hmm. you know, Yes, it's really sometimes easy to complain about the wife or whatever. And it trust me, guys, we make it a lot easier for them to complain about us. I can uh-huh. promise you that. But I think it's really good that you said that of, you know, we all have issues that take place in our marriage and we all have that stuff. But um, the idea of this is not to go tear down our wives or create doubt uh, around other men of, of their capabilities and stuff like that. So I just sorry to interrupt you, but just wanted to kind of take a little, uh, highlight on that real quick. Cause I think that was a really good point that you made. So, yeah. And, uh, like I said, not, not every complaint is necessarily about the wife, but just life in <laughs> yeah. general and work yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But having those guys around you that know you know your wife, like know your situation mm-hmm. better than anybody else, uh, just to speak into those situations in a way that you know is going to be positive feedback and not just criticism. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's been really good. Uh, Another thing we wanted to discuss before getting into today's uh, 
main topic is this episode is going to be more uh, directed towards the men trying to form a group and right. working towards that. Um, since that's the only perspective we have personally, we don't want to try to speak into a woman trying to find a group or form one until we can get a guest, a female guest on here that's done that or is part of a group like that. Just right. uh, trying to stay in our lane, so to speak, right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of the topics are going to be the same, probably. But again, we don't have that uh, female perspective on today's episode. So this right. may be a good one to just share with your husband or your boyfriend or mm-hmm. um, whatever the case may be. Or you may find some parts of this that are 100% applicable to a female group as well. Right. And I think that's something that we're going to try to, as we grow this podcast and and do more episodes and stuff is um, seeking out the counsel of other women of like, Hey, you know, while our podcast is mostly geared towards men, um, when we talk about subjects like this, from a woman's perspective, where can other women go, uh, be it a podcast, a book, a blog, you know, some sort of medium of where if a woman hears something on this episode that, hey, like, you know, I would like to have fellowship with other women, where can I go to find um, information about uh, how I can do that in my life? So uh, as we grow the podcast and as we uh, talk with more people and that kind of thing, we hope to be able to provide, you know, at least a little bit of helpful information of if you are a lady and you listen to this podcast, where can I go to find my version of what masculine fellowship would be to a man? So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's, you know, and that goes back to what we talk about, uh, in regards to, you know, being a podcast where we talk to everybody and, and have, Mm -hmm. A lot of different perspective. So, um, yeah, man, let's get into it. I'm super excited to have this conversation. We are thought that this would be a great segue uh, out of our kind of get to know us podcast and into the heart of what Zach and I are both very passionate about, and that is uh, masculine fellowship and creating those relationships with other guys. So. We're kind of going to format this into a, you know, who, why, where, when kind of format. Um, and some of these things are going to be, you know, why masculine fellowship is so important, who we should be engaging in that with, uh, where this should take place. And, uh, you know, arguably the most important part of that is, you know, what should we be discussing during this time? So let's uh, let's get into it. And we'll kind of start with why masculine fellowship is so important. And for Zach and I, we just finished uh, with our group going through uh, Becoming a King by Morgan Snyder. And in this particular book, in I can't remember the exact chapter number, but he's talking about um, be, you know the overall concept of becoming a king and then what he refers to as finding like-minded kings. And Mm -hmm. in this chapter, 
he talks about how with the stress of work and life and kids, and I believe in this instance, it was, you know, taking on some home improvement projects and that kind of thing. Um, but Morgan says it was an hour I didn't have for beers and smoke and laughter, but an hour I couldn't live without. He goes on to say, we fought for that hour as if it were the most important thing on the earth. And it changed something. My soul was fed. It gave me a place to dream and to not be alone in it all. It strengthened my soul. And it took years, years to cultivate a few allies and to which he says it will only ever be a few who want the very same things my soul long for, longs for. Sorry. Uh, and like I said a second ago, Morgan refers to this as finding, quote, like-hearted kings. Um, and I think as men, we often adopt this, um, quote unquote, lone wolf mindset. And we convince ourselves that, you know, oh, I'm the only one that can look out for myself or, you know, I, I'm, I'm the man in my life. I don't, I don't need other guys to validate me or tell me how to feel or talk about my emotions or, you know, I, I don't need other guys to tell me how to live my life because, you know, I'm the king of my realm and I've got it figured out. And, you know, even if I don't have it figured out, who are you to tell me, you know, where I need to improve and, where, you know, my life should be going. And I just like, that's just in, like, I'm not coming at anybody because we've all gone through this, right? Like I, I want to set the precedent from this point forward is that like Zach and I don't come at these things that we are going to say from a place of judgment or holier than thou. Like these are all things that we've experienced, felt and dealt with. So I'm yeah, not coming after anybody. These, we've lived in these situations of trying to be a lone wolf for ourselves yep. and trying to do everything on our own. And just through this group that we've started and grown and watched uh, just come together so perfectly, which yeah. it's four to eight guys that are far from perfect, but yeah. the group yeah, itself that's for sure. is just it's come together just about well, and as that's perfect like, as it could so yeah i mean the perfect example of that is like um so one of the guys in our group we've known him since i well okay so I, let me start with this my best friend bryce i've known since second grade when my family moved over to arkansas um zach has known my brother evan since what when we came to Lifeway, what would that have been? Fourth or fifth grade? Fifth grade, yeah. Fifth grade. So Evan's known Zach for that long. Um, Evan and I are so Evan and I are two years apart in age, but we're only a year apart uh, grade level wise growing up. And so we had a lot of the same friends and kind of ran in the same circle, had a lot of the same interests. So uh, and then one of our other buddies, Ben. Um, Evan's known him since high school and then uh, a relationship kind of formed between Ben and I and Zach through um, Evan's wedding a couple years back, uh, being groomsmen and all that. Uh, but long story short, Ben recently moved out of state and was back home for the weekend. And guys, literally one of us found out about it and immediately texted our group and said, hey guys, Ben's going to be in town let's grab coffee. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
while not everyone was able to make it, Evan stopped by for 10 to 15 minutes on their way to do something else to say, hey, um, Zach was there, I was there, Bryce was there, and we just like met up and had coffee and just like that's what this is all about is where we form those bonds to where doesn't matter if you move out of state, doesn't matter where life takes you. Like if we're given the opportunity to have that fellowship with one another, we're going to take it. And mm-hmm. then lo and behold, and I don't think this is by accident. Um, one of the other guys, Jake, um, who's come to the group several times and, and has been there when we were at our largest, um, him and his wife walked in the door. And it was like, oh, like, hey, holy cow. Like we had everyone but another dude that's on vacation right now. And then um, Isaac, who was spending the day with his family, which always, Mm -hmm. you know, takes precedent and comes first. Um, But like that was just the perfect scenario of how like you take that initiation of fellowship and let God work in it. And he's going to find a way to make sure that y'all have that time and like. That's just the perfect example of why this is so important. Um, But I won't go too far down that. But getting back to what I was saying, like, guys, this lone wolf mindset and this, you know, I've got me and I've got my back thing is so it's such a flawed mindset. Like, it's not productive. It's, in fact, very destructive to yourself, to your marriage or whatever way that you show up in life. Like, it's just not healthy. It leads to a lot of temptation. It leads to a lot of mental, um, you know, even if you don't have depression or anxiety, just this like mental loneliness. And that's just not, that's not good, you know? So, um, Zach, for a second, why don't you kind of talk about, um, why that's important. And I think the word that we would kind of both use for this is just like that accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So when you're in that lone wolf mindset, you're not really looking for any accountability. And part right. of what is right. so great about this group is the accountability that comes with it. Cause these guys know us, know what we're going through, know what we've struggled with in the past and keep us more than accountable going forward and uh yes jesus paints a good picture of the importance of this too he's got his group of 12 but in matthew 18 he's talking to some people about when a brother in christ sins against you um you're supposed to go to him tell him what he's done wrong and try to reconcile that just between the two of you. You're not supposed to like shout it out on social media or any of that kind of thing. Right. No petty, Uh, petty crap. Yeah. And then if that doesn't work, you bring another person in who can speak into this, who's witnessed it. Uh, Bella says, I want to talk. Yeah. Bella's ready to talk, but, uh, Anyway, so uh, getting more witnesses into the situation just to right. kind of bring that accountability back in. And then uh, down in Matthew 18, verse 20, he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And 100%. so yeah. having this group and not being a lone wolf just allows 
Jesus to be there more. Uh, It just feels like he's more present in those situations sometimes than when you're just sitting alone, especially if you've been alone, like very alone for too long, you kind of lose sight of all that and the importance of being around like-hearted Kings. Mm -hmm. Um, And not to like get too far into who, but I just wanted to say, yes, we've all known each other for years and kind of been around each other. But not all of us, you know. True. Yeah, we've added some that we've known for six months now. Less than a year, yeah. Yeah. And so you don't have to go back and relive your high school days and stuff. No, absolutely not. And I don't think any of us, you know, there there's those guys and and just to kind of add context to that, Zach, like there are guys that graduate college, come back home, start working for the company that, you know, is big and where they came from. And they start hanging out with those old toxic relationships again that they had in high school and mm-hmm. re, you know, quote unquote, reliving the glory days. That's not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. If those guys that you knew from high school and have maintained those relationships with are on the same trajectory as you, that is that's fine. And and that's like what Morgan says is that quote, like-hearted kings. Like-hearted means y'all are on the same trajectory, you're on this you're in the same frame of mind and you're you're all ultimately working towards the same thing. Not coming back home and and reliving high school like you said, like I'm talking about quality caliber of dudes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So and I think we all had to go through phases through college that grew us up and changed mm-hmm. us into who we are now. And so we're able to Absolutely. be like-hearted at this point. We've kind of set our perspective on life and mm-hmm. our values. And so that's where we're at. Um, but yeah, I don't think you need to go back into toxic relationships just to find a group of guys that needs to be a yeah. good group of guys. And while our group has worked out well just from the beginning because we had those relationships in the past right um that's not to say that you could facilitate starting a group and then have to walk out of that Weed group out that, yeah, your, yeah. or you know either take some people out or you yourself have to walk out of the group and make right. that call for yourself and try to start a new one and let that group be like-hearted kings. But yeah. again, if there's something major, probably bring in some correction to that group. But Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like we're not naive to the fact, guys, and, and we both get this, that like pride and ego are huge, massive, and hindering men especially – and forming meaningful relationships with other guys. Like mm-hmm. we, we understand that cause we've both, we've both been there and you know, as men, most of the time, the, the relationships that we're seeking with other men are for the wrong reasons. It's having the most success in your career, trying to have a nice, as nice of a vehicle as they do living in the nice neighborhood, you know, who has the most attractive wife or girlfriend or whatever, or watches or, or guns or property investments. I mean, any like 
the list goes on. Like there's mm-hmm. so many reasons that men think they have found camaraderie with other guys via material outlets, which, which is not inherently a bad thing, right? Like mm-hmm. I have a circle of guys that I have camaraderie with, with that is centered around fitness or centered around hunting or, or, you know, j- things like that. Like there's going to be things in which you find camaraderie in with other men, but finding like-hearted Kings is you don't have to all have the same hobbies. You don't have to all have the same interest, but you do have to be on the same trajectory. Mm-hmm. And th- that again goes back to finding like-hearted Kings and look like we've all I mean, if you're a, a dude out there who's spent any time at all in the church or even in, in secularly, like we all know or have heard at one time or another not to place importance on these things. Like it's, you know, any guys retreat you go to, any men's group you're in, any men's Bible study, like harps on and on and on and on and on about these things. Like we're not reinventing the wheel here. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to sit here and harp on these things because I've know we've, I know we've all heard it. Um, but I just think it was important to kind of bring some context into, um, that, but we, even though we know that, and even though, Oh, you know, yeah, I know I shouldn't base my relationships around material things or this or that or the other, we still try to convince ourselves that those things matter. And here is what truly matters. And again, going back to becoming a king is battle buddies. I can't, I cannot, like I could say it till I'm blue in the face, but that is so important. And in this book, Morgan Snyder says, find like-hearted kings living in the same direction, sign treaties. When they're at war, you are at war. And that has been something that has been so central in this group of guys. Like we've seen, we've had some guys bring some pretty tough stuff into this group and, and ask for prayer and, and wisdom. And we have seen almost instantaneously within the matter of we met on that Tuesday and the next Tuesday there, God had answered that prayer. And it like you ride that high And that's amazing. But like right now there's some tough stuff going on in our group, Mm -hmm. like really tough things. And that is what the heart of this is all about is like, we have guys in our group that are at war right now with illness, with, um, uh, career, uh, thing. I mean, you name it, like there's guys that are at war right now and, and need support and need help. And, they're not going through that alone because I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty that every single one of the guys in this group has been praying fervently for one another. And that's, that's what it means. It means Mm -hmm. going to war. It's not, Oh, I'm going to show up to have, have, you know, and it's like, we talk about all the time with our wives. Like we're not going to get drinks with the buddies like this. That's not what this is for or, or even about like, yeah, that's, you know, we we've talked about it before in our group, you know, beverages facilitate, uh, uh, fellowship, 
Mm -hmm. whether it's coffee, beer, whiskey, whatever it is, that's, that's enjoyable, right? We, we all enjoy craft beer and stuff like that, but like we're at war with one another Mm -hmm. and we are going into battle every day when we wake up with these guys. And I cannot stress how impactful that has been for me to just know that like, no matter what shit I go through, I've got seven or eight other guys that I know have it deeply ingrained in their hearts what I'm going through that week. And what a powerful tool to face what's going on than knowing you've got seven other dudes who are fighting for you and praying for you and want you to succeed. What else could you want? Like we could stop this podcast right there. Mm-hmm. And, and that would be, that's it. Like, that's it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not going to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cause there's, there's some, you know, key things here that, you know, we'd miss if we didn't, but, um, like that's the why, you know, mm-hmm. people, I hear people talk about all the time, whether it's entrepreneurship or, uh, hobbies or whatever, what's your why? Uh, fitness. What's your why? Is it because you want to be able to run around with the grandkids? Is it because you're training for a marathon? Is it because, you know, there's a lot of guys I follow in the, in the hunting realm of uh, YouTube and stuff like that, that their why is I want to be fit enough to go, you know, stretch through the freaking uh, back country and hunt elk that's no easy feat. Like you've got to be in pretty darn good shape to be able to do that. And that's their why Mm -hmm. our why. And, and the reason that we feel that this is so important is because we're here for one another and we want those battle buddies. And that is our why. So I feel like we've kind of uh, sum that up pretty well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we will, will, this won't be the first time or the last time we talk about it. And, I just think, you know, that above anything is what that's all about. Why, why do we need masculine fellowship? Because we need battle buddies. Why is it so important? Because we need battle buddies and we need to know that no matter what we're going through, those guys have our back and that's, that's why we, we need it. So kind of, going into the next thing and we kind of touched on this briefly, but our next kind of topic here is who we should be engaging in masculine fellowship with. And, um, I think it's important to ask ourselves when we ask that who question is first of all, asking ourselves, am I the type of friend that I would want to be friends with? Or am I the type of, to use the phrase again, am I the type of battle buddy that I want to go to battle with. And like we touched on briefly again, it's important to find men that have values that align with yours. Now that doesn't mean that you have to agree with one another on every single issue. I can say with a hundred percent certainty that each of the guys in our group, we could find something that each of us differ in, in opinion on, Right. So, and that's, that's okay. Cause we ultimately, the last thing we want to do is create an echo chamber for ourselves. Um, but 
this does mean that your ethics and your values need to very closely align, mm-hmm. like very closely align. You can, you can save the political and social issues to disagree on with your in-laws, with a coworker, with a grandpa, with a grandma, with whoever, like save the political and social crap to disagree with on with other people. These are guys that in order to achieve what you want and what you should desire in a group of men, your ethics and values have to align or else you're not going to be able to show up for those guys because there's going to be strife. And the last thing that battle buddies need is strife. And so that's not to say, like I said, that you have to agree on every issue, but you're again, because I think this is very important. Your ethics and your values need to align very closely. Um, and there is no place whatsoever in masculine fellowship for strife regarding political issues or social issues or whatever. It's, it's just not the place. Y- you can have conversations of, hey, help me understand your perspective of why you think this way about an issue, but we can't be on opposite end of the spectrum here, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's just not productive. So, um, I know you have some thoughts about that. So I'd, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Uh, we can't sign treaties like we've talked about with people that we don't agree with because you can't just compromise on most of these issues. Yep. Like politics. Yeah. We can agree to disagree on that, but, um, the majority in the, kind of the cornerstone of what we believe we've all got to be on the same cornerstone so that we can build the rest of the building foundation. Uh, I think also going off of who we hang out with and who we build this group with, um, you should be able to express your thoughts. Um, Like if you have a different opinion on something than somebody else in the group, you should have that freedom to express that thought and not be afraid to express that. Uh, 100%. Yep. But at the same time, you have to be vulnerable and give freedom to the other members to express their opinions and to call you out, especially Mm -hmm. if your uh, thoughts on certain issues don't align with what your values, what you say your values are or what the group's values are. So yes, absolutely. um, And just to kind of uh, hit on that real quick, mm-hmm. and and what I what kind of makes it makes me think of when you say that is like you have to be ultimately if you're on the same trajectory as these other men and your trajectory is on the right path. If what you say your values and your ethics are don't align with what you're doing that's a problem. Mm -hmm. If your values and your ethics ultimately don't align with what the Bible has to say about what your values and and, and ethics should be, that's a problem. You should feel comfortable enough to share your values and your ethics and your ideals with the men in your group. But that doesn't mean that you're above reproach for those those ideals. And if, and if 
we're all challenging one another to live on a certain trajectory and what you're asking about or talking about doesn't align with that, then that's where you have to be humble enough to be counseled in those areas of, hey, I understand why you feel that way, but does that align with what we're trying to accomplish here? Simple Mm -hmm. as that. Yeah. Does what Mm -hmm. you say align with what we've set out to do? Yeah. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, then we'll talk about that, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going off of that, kind of what we heard at church this last week was you can be on the team and wearing the jersey, but ultimately if your reputation doesn't line up with the team's reputation, there's an issue there. And yep. The rest of the team, in this case, the group, should be more than free to say, hey, I don't think that's right. Let's examine that, see what we can do, and get us all back on the same page. Uh, Yep. And then also going off with that, this group of men should know you, and you should allow them to know you better, and they should allow you to know them better. Um, the things that make you tick, the things that scare you, excite you, and then your personal why in life, we've got a group why, and then we've got like your personal why in life. Like, why do you want to be a Christian or why do you want to work in this job? Like those kinds of things, um, just kind of like your motivating force in this life. And then, um, it's important to the strength of the group and the benefit of each member to be vulnerable with each other and mm-hmm. to understand the unique perspectives of each person in the group. Um, Cause we don't want to create an echo chamber. We don't want to talk to ourselves in the mirror. Uh, we, <laughs> we want perspectives and we need those to be shared in these groups, not just held in and, thought of on the drive home or anything like that. Um, And then another thing going off with uh, the who and the why, but uh, these men are probably going to be the ones carrying your casket when you die, unless you have a lot of brothers. Uh, And even then you may, you may have these, these men may be closer than some of your family. And so having that, overarching theme of like we're not just focused on this year what's going to happen tomorrow in a year from now or short term like that we're more on a decade by decade kind of a pursuit and so establishing these groups especially knowing that and thinking about they're the ones that are going to carry your casket when you're dead right um that just that speaks volumes if you can say about the members of your group that yes i want them to be a part of that if they're still yeah, there at that time yeah and it's like um morgan says in in the book is being in someone's wedding says i will mm-hmm. and carrying someone's casket says i did yeah i'm so glad like, you brought that, that up yeah, I mean, and and I thought that's kind of what you were hinting at when mm-hmm. when you were talking about that, because um, that was like huge in 
because like for my wedding i had all of the men in my life that i cared about as my groomsmen i had my brother as my best man obviously but i had a guy named garrett aka bobby that i've literally known longer than my brother when i met him i didn't even know i like i've never known a life where he didn't exist because he was like maybe a year old and i was six months old or something like that when uh our families met in tulsa that dude's been with me my entire life now there's guys that i'm closer to and communicate Mm -hmm more frequently with but at the end of the day that guy has been i mean we've gone to different schools different colleges different relationships uh you know divorces with parents and things like that and he's always been a constant in my life and anytime we hang out it's like we it's we pick up right where we left off and then i had I had you, I had Bryce and Ben and like all the guys in my wedding that's saying, Hey, I want you to be in my life. I want you to stand beside me on the biggest day of my life, second to salvation. Mm -hmm. And that says something, right? But, and I'm the old man in the group. So I hope I go before all of you because I don't want to have to carry any of your caskets, but (laughs) I will if I have to. Um, But like that says I did. Like the guys and exactly like what you said, Zach, the men who carry your casket should be have been the men that you did life with. Mm -hmm. And if there's some random dude that you've only talked to a couple or, you know, well, you know, my wife had to find this guy that I've known my whole life, but really never had a substantive relationship to carry my casket. That says something, right? Mm-hmm. That says something about us is how well do you know, or how well did you know the men carrying your casket? And if yeah. from heaven, you can look down and say, if that's how that works and say, Hey, I knew each and every one of those men on a deep, intimate level that says a lot. Mm-hmm. If you look down from heaven, figure to leave or literally and say, well, oh, that guy carried my casket, huh? Man, I wish I'd have had better people to carry my casket. Like, and that won't matter when we get to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, a metaphor, uh, per se, but think about that. Like over the next couple of days, you know, when y'all hear this, like, just think about that, of yeah. what that significance means. Um, and, you know, don't let it eat you alive by any means, but also just, you know, you know, Hey, if I died tomorrow, who would carry my casket? Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't say that in a morbid way by any means, but like, it's, you know, that's a very humbling thing to think about. Yeah. So for sure. Um, Kind of to wrap up the the who should be in our group. I just want to say, you know, we're probably not going to get a perfect group every time we get a group together. Um, no. Whether this is the first time you're forming a group or the 10th, like 
just taking that risk of being vulnerable and having those deep conversations, like once that begins, you should be able to tell who will stay in the group and who needs to stay in the group. Um, Yep. And that should be your, that's a really good point too. Uh, is who will stay in the group and who should stay in the group. Cause there'll be some guys in the group that don't contribute Jack Diddley, right? Mm -hmm. They show up, they put on a front. Oh, I care about you, bro. Like, Oh, you're important. And, but yet they don't, they don't do anything for anyone. They like when someone needs something, they don't drop what they're doing and do it. They don't like, you know, they just kind of sit in the corner, whatever. Like, there's going to be people that will stay in your group, but don't need to be there. And that's where, you know, throughout time and repetition, you'll figure that out of like who should be there and who will be there. And in some mm-hmm. cases it's the opposite is that the people that should be there aren't always there, but you know that, Hey, they've got stuff going on. I get it but Mm -hmm. they need to be a part of this group because of what they have to offer. Yeah. And when they are at that group, they're bringing us a hundred percent. I would rather someone show up half the time and give me a hundred percent than show up a hundred percent of the time and give me 50%. Mm -hmm. Like all day long. Like when you're here, I want, I want a hundred percent. And, and it's like we were talking about uh, last week was like, we get it we get that there's busy times and there's lulls in life and and that's great. But it's also one of those things where when the group recognizes what someone has to offer to that group and they feel passionate about wanting that person there, then it's okay if they can't make it every time. Mm -hmm. But because of what they have to offer and what they bring to the table, we want you there. Yeah. And, and like we were talking about is there's people in our group who their line of work, especially one of the guys in our group who's in ministry, his job is centered around giving his 100% to hundreds of kids on a weekly basis, on a, on a daily basis. Mm Mm-hmm. We don't want that to be, we don't want our group to be a place where he comes and he thinks that he has to give more and more and more of himself to us. We want him to come and contribute, right? Mm -hmm. But we also want our group to be a place where he can recharge. Yeah. Not where he's having to spend more of his battery, but where he can come and recharge and let us fill him up and help him recharge when he's there. Yeah. You know, so, and, and we could sit and go on and on and on about that. Um, but I think, uh, we've, you know, kind of said enough for, for that. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, like we said, the next thing y'all have to think about is where this should take place. Me personally, I think that this should be somewhere that y'all can meet that, is centered around a shared interest or a hobby. Um, if you know, if y'all want to have it like, that's not a blanket statement. Mm -hmm. Uh, if that doesn't work for somebody, it doesn't work. Right. If you want to open up your home to other guys and, uh, and that, and that's where y'all decide to meet. Great. 
But it needs to be a place where, you know, it's not, hey, honey, I'm having the guys over. Can you go on the other side of the house and hang out? Mm-hmm. No, this is a pure male environment. Because say someone in our that comes to your group, say someone comes to your group and they're struggling with a pornography addiction. And they know that the guy's house that you've chosen to host at, his wife is across the house. And I'm not saying his wife's nosy. And I'm not saying that his wife is trying to get in the middle of what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. But he might be apprehensive to share that because, hey, his wife goes to church with us. His wife goes to church with, with, with my wife. And he's not going to feel like he can be vulnerable and open up and share that with those guys. If he knows that the whoever's home has been graciously opened up that his wife's sitting on the other side of the house, you know, minding her own business, you know, regardless, but that doesn't create a level playing field for everyone to feel like they're, uh, that they can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the so location I think, definitely needs to foster vulnerability and um, confidentiality. Like, you don't have to go sit right. in an iron box and right. Not I mean, let we meet at a brewery but, once a week. Like, that's yeah. not a that's not necessarily a sterile environment, yeah. for lack of better words. Like, there's a bunch of people around, but we try to find an area in which, um, you know, nothing's going to be nothing that we don't want someone to hear would be heard or within earshot. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, that does bring up a good point of like, there's been a lot of times where like, we've been chilling out at Bentonville brewing. Uh, I can think of one time in particular that we were sitting outside at the tables and like the outdoor area. And it was when we were reading um, wild at heart. And there was a group of, uh, you know, maybe three or four couples. If I had to guess, they were probably in their late 40s, early 50s, a couple of them, and then some of them in their late 50s, maybe. And the guys walked by and said, hey, that's a really good book. I'm glad y'all are reading that. Mm-hmm. And then there was a couple weeks ago where uh, we were sitting at Bentonville Brewing again, and there is a young teenage kid, maybe if I had to guess 13, 14, 15 years old, sitting at a higher like bar stool height table behind us and um, turned around and asked Bryce like, Hey, what book is that that y'all are reading? And Bryce told him and I got up to go to the bathroom and I looked and that dude, that kid had that book pulled up on, on his uh, Amazon page. So like, I'm not going to, you know, rabbit hole on that, but like, there's also advantages to that of like being a witness too. Like how many mm-hmm. times can you think of that we've been sitting somewhere and someone, whether it was a gal coming to grab our glasses from the table or whatever. And Oh, what book is that that y'all are reading? Like each one of those instances was an opportunity to, even if it wasn't, you know, sitting down and having a gospel talk of like planting a seed in someone's head of, well, at the bare minimum, I'm going to go look it up on Amazon or whatever and just see what what that book is about that they're reading, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, and then there's other times 
where we've gone out to the farm and with the intent of camping and most of us did and, and some of us didn't cause they had things they had to get back to. But like, there's also times like that where we want a fully sterile level playing field. Mm-hmm. And, um, like we did when we read becoming a King was, and Evan kind of initiated this was let's go have a night with the guys out in the wilderness out, you know, where it's peaceful and calm away from the hustle and bustle. And let's talk about the next 10 years. Let's talk about, Hey, let's let this night be a milestone that we look back on 10 years from now and go, Hey, y'all remember that? What, what we talked about that night and, and what was discussed and, talking about, Hey, in the next 10 years, here's where I want to be spiritually career wise, all of that. So I think there's times for both. And for us, that looks like meeting up at one of the local breweries, um, or a lounge where we can enjoy a craft beer, a glass of bourbon, a cigar, um, whatever that may be. And, you know, if we meet up at the cigar lounge, that doesn't mean everyone's smoking a cigar. There's, you know, Mm -hmm. guys in our groups that don't enjoy to smoke smoking cigars, but they realize that there are guys in the group that like it. So they go and they say, Hey, I, you know, you like smoking cigars. I'm going to come there and I like drinking craft beer. So we're going to go here next week. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I think ultimately it's helpful. I think from what we've learned to find a place that works for everyone so that it can be, uh, habitual and repeatable. Yeah. Um, so that like, Hey, we know every Tuesday night, we're going to be meeting up at one of these places in Northwest Arkansas to have a beer or whatever and catch up and, and talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so share your thoughts on that, kind of unpack that a little bit, um, kind of what you think. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've touched on most of it, but, um, think it's important to have a spot that maybe at first you're always going to the same spot just so everybody in the group kind of has that expectation of that's where we're going and it kind of saves the struggle of hey where do y'all want to meet this week or having to send out a poll on your group text and hope everyone responds and then (laughs) an hour hour before you're like okay we don't have a decision made so maybe if you just starting out just set a place and say if you can make it make it um if not we'll see you next week um but having kind of a central thing to focus on like in our case Mm -hmm. it's going and getting drinks uh or cigars or both um i think that's important too like you could probably do this fishing but you're going to be spaced out you're going to be out in right probably a public fishing area um and so it might not be the best way to do it um or if you're on a boat fishing you're going to start the motor every once in a while and interrupt everything but if you're going to do that guys i would i would encourage you to you know if it's going to be a fishing trip or a hunting trip or something like that like um like don't just go hang out on the boat for a day Mm -hmm. Uh, because like zach said you're going to have to start the boat up or run the trolling motor or whatever. 
don't just go out to the river and wade fish. Like if you're going to do a trip type scenario, go stay at a lodge, go to someone's land or someone that has property camp out so that you can enjoy those activities, but there's also time to kick back and, um, and have those deep, meaningful conversations. So, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we've covered that pretty well. Um, unless there's anything that you want to touch on. So Mm -hmm. I think that's, we've pretty much gotten, gotten the wear. Um, just wanted to point out before we get to the end, like we kind of chose an order for this, like Mm -hmm. who or the why, the who, the where, and the what, because it's more important to have your why and your who down before you concern yourself with where or what. Absolutely. Um, And if you can get a group of guys focused on a why and the who would already be there and then getting them together, the what, while that's important, it should just flow out yes. of the commonality of the of the why that y'all have chosen. And yeah. so I think that's a why, perfect sorry, go ahead. That's kind of why we put this in this order, not yeah, not saying that this has any major implications, just from what we've found, it's more important mm-hmm. to get the first three done uh, and then the what kind of corrects itself. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's like, so that's a perfect transition into the what, um, you know, being what type of discussions should take place during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, the prayer and discussion of each of those men's needs and struggles should be the highest priority. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we've kind of centered our group around a book uh, because that we feel helps facilitate meaningful conversation around growth um, and becoming better men. But the main priority of this group is obviously God is our number one priority, but also reaching the ultimate goal of how can we be here for one another and Mm -hmm. taking that time to ask how each guy's doing, how we can pray for one another, um, what they're excelling in, what they're struggling with and facing, uh, like you touched on earlier, their fears, convictions, passions, um, all of that. And, you know, like I said, the books are a really good idea to, um, fatil- uh, uh, sorry, facilitate those conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't always have, that doesn't always have to be, um, the part, uh, if y'all think that for your group, this would be a good idea. Um, a couple of recommendations that Zach and I have, uh, kind of put together and that our group has done, um, would be wild at heart by John Eldridge, I think that was the first book that we did. And I think that was a fantastic introduction into talking about these things with a group of men and kind of fostering that environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kingdom Man by Tony Evans is a fantastic one. And then of course, uh, our most recent one, Becoming a King by Morgan Snyder. Uh, Each of those books have been extremely impactful in the conversations that we've had in 
our group and helping kind of on nights where, you know, on nights where things are somber or, or someone's going through something really, really, uh, tough is to kind of like, Hey, okay. You know, let's, let's take the time to do that. But, you know, it, it kind of helps guide things, kind of helps things flow. Um, but you know, like Zach said, the, the, those other things, once you get those other things nailed down, the what is important, but it's, it it should come naturally. And I just want to sum this up by saying, yes, the books help us learn and they help us grow. But ultimately this time is for one another. Yeah. And y'all like we goof off. I mean, we do like not all of our conversations are centered around a book or whatever. Um, this isn't a place for, you know, we can joke around, we can, you know, poke funnies or whatever, but like, this isn't a place for, um, locker room talk. Mm-hmm. Ultimately all of these conversations should be honoring to the Lord because that's what we're working towards. Right. And, you know, if there's a guy in your group that's single, you know, keep the conversations of, Oh, Hey, you know, I, I went on a date with this, you know, girl the other day and, you know, she's, you know, freaking gorgeous and, or, Oh, Hey, you know, like I said, if there's single guys in your, Hey man, you know, check out that beautiful lady over there. Like, you know, it, it we want to know what's going on in everybody's lives. And Hey, if you, if you've got a single guy that's in your group and he went on a date with a girl and it went really well, like, you want to hear about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important because that's going on in his life, but keep the conversations about that to a minimum and focus on what the ultimate goal of this is, is to grow and to honor God. Um, but ultimately, like I said, it's about the guys in the group and we've done this many times. If there's a guy in our group that needs the time to just talk and get something off their chest or is really struggling with something like we never shy away from that. And you never should. No. If someone needs something, we can discuss the chapter next week. Mm -hmm. Like that's it's, it's important, but it's not more important than what's going on with the guys in our group. And we, we don't, and you should never shy away from taking the time to, um, do that. So do you have any thoughts on that before we move on, Zach? Yeah. I mean, I would just say that, uh, wild at heart kingdom man and becoming a king are all, uh, super impactful on their own. Um, yeah. And if you're reading them on your own, they're amazing too. We've probably all in our group, at least most of us had read, uh, wild at heart and uh, becoming mm-hmm. a king before the group even started right. um, on our own and just adding all three of those together they kind of make the trifecta of biblical masculinity and starting a group like this of just kingdom thinking and uh, yeah just facilitating good conversations in these groups um mm-hmm. So I think that all of that to say, 
you don't have to have a book and you could base this off of a Bible study if the group wanted yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you could do a book and then you could do a Bible study and then you could do uh, a commentary on a book of the Bible that somebody's thinking that's really impactful for them at that time. Mm. And uh, so, yeah. And I, I, I want to say this real quick. They don't always have to be about uh, masculinity. I mean, we're, we've, just finished becoming a king and so we've been throwing around suggestions in our group of what book we want to read next and you know we're looking at books that dive a little bit deeper into theology we also uh have suggested uh keep hammering or i'm sorry endure by uh cam haynes Mm -hmm. it's not a biblical book by any means but it's also a book that talks a lot about grit and fortitude and um like i said just that kind of ideology that cam haynes is has uh kind of coined is keep hammering like no matter what life throws at you no matter what's going on just keep keep hammering keep moving the needle Mm -hmm. um so with all that said guys i thought that it would be a cool thing to do to kind of help you guys understand from somebody else other than us, what this is all about and the impact that this has in guys' lives. So I sent out some questions in our uh, group text with our guys and I sent them four questions and just said, Hey guys, would you please uh, respond to this and let me know what you guys think? And those questions were number one, what does our guys group mean to you? Why do you think masculine fellowship is so important? What is the biggest lesson or takeaway that you've gained from this group thus far? And finally, if you could describe our group in one word, what would it be? Uh, So I plucked one of the responses out and this comes from Isaac. And for just for some context for you guys, Isaac, I've only known Isaac less. We've known Isaac less than a year. He, uh, He and his wife are in the same small group is my wife and I, and we really hit it off. And he's a really uh, deep methodical thinker. And we just thought that he would be a fantastic guy to have some perspective in our group. Um, So this isn't like, guys, this isn't coming from a guy that we've known our entire lives. This Mm -hmm. is coming from a guy that we've known for less than a year. And this is how impactful that this thing is to people and number one what does uh, our group of guys mean to you isaac said this group means a lot to me for several reasons first being that it's a group of guys that i either uh i know either attend a church that i respect or that i go to and at least have similar belief systems put in place so that our values and ethics will be very uh similar which goes back to what we talked about earlier um And like he said, that means that we aren't going to have a bunch of internal conflict. He said, we might have different views, but we're going to land on very similar beliefs most often, which means that we will have better camaraderie and be able to uh, fellowship easier. But this also allows for much deeper discussion. Um, So that's to him what this group of guys means to him. Uh, Number two, why do you think masculine fellowship is so important? And Isaac said, I think that we have different relationships in our lives for various reasons. 
we have mentor relationships, we have our spouses, we have best friends, and we have people that we are mentoring. But this group uh, is really like an equal playing field. We all have our different specialties. We all have our different hobbies and interests. And I think when you combine that, uh, we can really add a lot of value to each other. Rascal, (laughs) I'm podcasting. Sorry. The animal Um, podcast day. Yeah, the animal podcast day. Um, But he said, I think when you combine that, that we really can add a lot of value to each other. And like, that's what we've, you know, talked about this whole time is like, we all have different perspectives and interests and hobbies, but that then allows us to be able to offer other things and other uh, more value to each other. Uh, He went on to say that this specific group, I think is, it's important because we're all trying to better ourselves as men of God. We need masculine relationships. Ideally, we have aspects of all different types of relationships to pull in, but masculine relationships are necessary. First and foremost, because I think that father-son relationships are so important. Um, so, Zach, I'll let you tackle these last two here, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up. So, All right. So, number three was, what is the biggest lesson or takeaway from this group so far? And... Isaac said, honestly, learning to listen to different views, learning to try to understand people, the intentions of people are everything. So if you can learn to understand someone's intentions, asking questions or bringing up topics, it really allows you to see into their life in certain ways, whether it's political or religious or what have you, trying to learn people's intentions and what they're trying to tell through their story or through their dialogue. Yeah. Um, And then the fourth question was, if you could describe our group in one word, what would it be? And Isaac said, resourceful. He said, I think we all have something to offer. And I think it's a great pool of resources we can all give each other, which I think is really cool because we had that night a few, probably a month ago where we just sat down and uh, said things that we felt that we were really good at. And then things that we wish to be better at or could be mentored in by individuals mm-hmm. in the group. And so to hear that that's just continuing to be a trend is pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm glad you, I was going to hit on that, but you're a lot more concise with stories like that than I am. <laughs> so I'm glad that you handled that. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to say something brief about that real quick is like, mm-hmm. I think that was besides the time that we spent out at the farm uh, because that had no time restraint whatsoever. We could stay up and drink bourbon and smoke cigars and talk if till the sun came back up if we wanted. Mm-hmm. So I think that was one of the most impactful things that we've done in our group. Um, but I think, and it was Evan that initiated it, and I'm so glad that he did because I think that was one of the most vulnerable, if not the most vulnerable conversations that we've had thus far in our group of, Hey, what are you good at? And what do you have to offer to other people? Mm -hmm. And what are you not good at? And what would you like to learn? But then what was even cooler is that we went around and it wasn't like an each person to each person thing, but a couple of people shared their thoughts about what they thought uh, one of the other people did well. And so that was a cool perspective of like, 
not going, well, here's what I think I do well. It was someone else bringing to the table what they thought those other guys had to offer. Um, yeah, so it was that's a just, good time of hearing an affirmation from yeah, just men being vulnerable and um, affirming each one's strong suits in life. So. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's, you know, we could go on and on and on and on and on about these things. Um, but that's just, you know, the, the, that example that Zach just gave. And then these questions and, and the feedback that Isaac gave us is just two really good examples of how this masculine fellowship or this idea and concept of masculine fellowship can really transform your life and the way, and I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt for myself and for every other guy in this group that the way in which we have interacted with each other, the way that we have been able to then come back into our marriages and show up for our spouses or, you know, these guys, a couple of these guys that are uh, engaged and, and seriously dating and stuff like that. It's, you know, they're then able to honestly get a lot of these things out of the way that you kind of figure out in that first year of marriage now, because they have that perspective from other guys and they're mm -hmm. enriching their own lives so that they can then step into that marriage with the ammo and the armor and the tools that they need to have that successful marriage and to be a better man and to show up in those areas. So guys, I know, uh, we were kind of long winded or, or more me than, than Zach. I'm just kind of a long winded dude, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we're at almost an hour and 15 and, and I know that's long, but I, I really don't think that we could really do this concept justice and under an hour, uh, and even over an hour, <laughs> there's still so much we could sit here and unpack, uh, about this, but we might have to have a part two. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to have a part two. So, but guys, thank you so much for, uh, tuning into this one. Like I said, this is something that's really close to Zach and I's hearts and something that, uh, is, I hope you can tell that we're both extremely passionate about and has brought a lot of growth and, and transformation to our life. So, um, just a few housekeeping notes as we close up here is, uh, we've got our Instagram up and running at young codgers podcast, all lowercase, no space, no nothing. Uh, it'd mean a lot to both of us. If you could go over there and give us a follow that way you can kind of stay up to date with what's going on and, and, uh, know when we throw a new episode out there. And, uh, as of, I believe yesterday, uh, we we're up on Apple podcast first, and then it hit Apple, or I'm sorry, Amazon Music or Amazon Podcast second. And we now should be on both Google Play. And I know for a fact that we're on Spotify as well because my sister was listening to it yesterday. So we're up on all the biggins and would love to have you guys click over there on whichever one of those that you guys use the most and give us your feedback. Um, and again, like we say, guys, please share this with somebody, especially this one. Uh, there's so many guys out there that are really missing this in their life and, and could really use this and really could honestly change their lives. So we hope mm -hmm. of any of these, uh, that this one that you would please share with somebody who, you know, needs to hear it. 
And uh, we're grateful for you guys listening. And uh, we hope that you guys learned something. So give us a, a thumbs up and check us out on Instagram and leave us a review and give us your thoughts. So you got anything else, Zach? Um, maybe we can try to add some of those items into our description of this episode just so they can yeah, we'll, kind of figure we'll out put where it in to go. The, so. Yeah, and I'll put it in the show notes and everything of, of those links and everything. Uh, I'll put the the Ask Codgers and the info at youngcodgers.com and all that in there. So uh, all that stuff y'all will need will be down below and you'll know where to find us. So, All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Zach, we'll see you later, man. Good talking all with right. you. Yep, you too, Logan. See ya. <laughs>